Holy Hour of Power, the Terry and Jesse show, two Catholics with a PhD in common sense. You know what? If hope was a crime, Terry and me would be in prison. We'd be doing a life sentence. And here on the Terry and Jesse show, what do we promote? We promote the social kingship of the Lord Man. Jesus Christ. We promote Jesus Christ as King Lord of every individual heart. And Jesus Christ is King and Lord of all nations. Nothing more, nothing less, Terry. That's our mission statement. You got it, Jess. Hey, today we've got an interesting show, folks. <clears throat> We're going to talk about eight politicians who attack school choice, but they're hy- hypocrites because they went to private school themselves. So that's kind of interesting. <laughs> and then this, I think, is probably the best article for anybody to read in regards to the synodal process and the problems with it. Uh, we've got an Archbishop Aquila from from uh, Denver, Colorado, who responds to Cardinal uh, McElroy's comments. I mean, this is gold here. I want everybody to read this. We can't get to it all, but I want you to make sure you get to that. And then we have some inspiration, Jess, that I think is just awesome. And it's about a f- priest friend of the show who has had brain cancer and went to Lourdes. And we want to tell you in his own words what happened because... Uh, it's a miracle. And Miracles still happen. Still happen. Yeah, Miracles still happen. You nailed it. Proof positive. Exactly. And just some of the good-to-know files today, uh, this is huge news because a judge in Texas, I love Texas judges, mm-hmm. uh, could stop the sales of the dangerous abortion drug nationwide and could save countless babies. It's the one that Mr. Biden is, is hell-bent on getting available to everybody in the country to uh, stop to kill unborn babies. So that's a good to know file to pray for that. Also, our good friend Mark Huck is actually at the abortion clinic today where he got in trouble. <laughs> He's back. He's back there. And you know what I love about Mark? He's like, hey, dude, you know what? I won my case. I, I can stand there. I can help save babies. To me, man, he's a, gr- a great model for all of us, Jess. <laughs> and Jess, I, I got one more good news, yeah. uh, f- one more good to know file that I think is 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 good because we need more of this information uh, that we're, we're doing, and that is that it looks to me like uh, the, the church is responding. We've got more bishops coming out, speaking out for the truths of the gospel, and I think the good news is that Archbishop Aquila, his article that we're going to cover is really uh, basically, and I'll just summarize and saying the guy's saying, look, Jesus Christ says everybody's welcomed on conditions, and the condition is that you Come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, and you repent of your sins. So this idea that all are welcome songs, Cardinal George used to say that made him sick, and it's made me sick for Jesse, sick for years, because all are welcomed, conditioned on receiving the gospel message of repentance. And that's the message that Bishop Aquila, or I should say Archbishop Aquila, is going to point out to us. So I think it's it's needed to be said for a long time. How about you, Jess? Any good to yeah, know? Yeah, let's just let's just be honest. The the all are welcome song that was sung in the Catholic Church oh, at is. the height at the height of modernism. Yeah, that song is a It's a leftist Catholic hymn mm-hmm. that what they mean subliminally yes. they mean everybody can go to communion. It doesn't matter. Exactly. What gender, what uh, sexual practices you have in your bedroom. None of that's important. Everybody's welcome to Holy Communion. That's what that song means, Terry. Yeah, exactly. And And that's why we have to oppose it with all our fibers, Jess. Yeah. So a couple of good news items that I'd like to share. Charges against the pro-life women were dropped. The charges against Isabel von Spruce, 
who was arrested and charged in December under the public space protection order in the UK, wow. have been dropped. God bless her. Good. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, a Crown Prosecution Service official said, quote, we concluded that there was insufficient evidence to provide a realistic prosecution of conviction. So what happened? Police arrested this woman, Von Spruce, a female Catholic, when they found her standing silently near an abortion clinic, saying that, saying they suspected she might be praying. Oh, no, we can't have that. <laughs> Give me a break. Yeah. Also. Cardinal Timothy Dolan on Wednesday criticized a a Monday Biden administration there announcement. Go, another bishop, good. Yeah, good for him. That the Department of HHS plans to rescind the exemption for employers who object to providing contraceptions on moral grounds. Cardinal Dolan said it's past time for the HHS to leave well enough alone Amen. in this regard. In other words, he says, "Leave us Catholics alone." That's what he said. Good yeah. for him, Cardinal Dolan. Awesome. Thank you for speaking up. Also. Trump promises to stop trans agenda in a strongly worded video message released Wednesday. Former President Donald Trump promised that he would take aggressive action against gender ideology if elected president again in 2024. He said, quote, the left wing gender insanity being pushed on our children is an act of child abuse, he said. And he laid out his plan to ban all government promotion of transgender and transgenderism and launch federal investigations into pharmaceutical companies and education officials who have pushed their gender ideology. And finally, Governor DeSantis shuts down drag venue. He said uh, from his Florida office, he said that the Florida Department of Business and Professional Regulation is revoking the Orlando Philharmonic Plaza Foundation's liquor license after a drag show permitted entry to minors. Wow. The department said the venue promoted lewd, obscene, and sexual acts to minors. Governor DeSantis stands to protect the innocence of children. A spokesman for the governor said, good for him, Terry. We need more governors like that. You know, Jesse, Texas, Florida, these guys are standing up for common sense, and it just ain't that common everywhere else. (laughs) I love them. That's all it is, common sense. All right. Anything else before we get to the That's it, Terry. Okay, man, let's get some soul food in us. You got it. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Mark chapter 7, verses 24 and following. A reading from the Holy Gospel of Mark. Jesus went to the district of Tyre. He, he entered a house and wanted no one to know about it, but he could not escape notice. S- soon a woman whose daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him. So she's possessed. Yep. She came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek a Syrophoenician by birth, and she begged him to drive the demon out of her daughter. He said to her, let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. She replied and said to him, Lord, even the dogs under the table eat the children's scraps. Mm -hmm. Then he said to her, for saying this, you may go. The demon has gone out of your daughter. When the woman went home, she found the child laying in bed and the demon gone. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus is testing her faith. Now, Tyre and Sidon, these are two uh, Phoenician cities. So they were two Gentile cities on the Mediterranean coast that was just north of Israel, mm-hmm. north of Palestine. And they were predominantly Gentile in population. And so the Jews considered them unclean cities. They were, they were like contemptible for the Jews. Now, our Lord mentions in verse 27, he talks about the children first. What does he mean by that? He's talking about the children of Israel 
they're the ones that hold first claim to the blessings of the new covenant. But only after Jesus' resurrection is the gospel now systematically proclaimed to the Gentiles, to all the nations. But it was first, it was first intended for the Israelites, the Jews, and then for us. Now, because of Christ, we're all united, we're all together under the lordship and kingship of Christ. The Lord also uses the word dogs, kind of in a derogatory sense. Mm -hmm. And the word dog is a derogatory term in in the Bible and in any language, if you call somebody a dog. But what, what our Lord is doing... Jesus uses this, this, this term to illustrate the progress of the gospel. In other words, just as children are fed before pets, so the gospel is offered to Israel before the Gentiles. That's what he means. Yep. And the woman's acceptance of this, you know, this epithet reveals her humility and her unwillingness to be turned away reveals her perseverance that she believes in Jesus and trust in Jesus with all her heart, no matter what happens. And that's what we need to be doing, right, Jess? Absolutely. Trusting Jesus. Trust Jesus, yes. I trust in thee. In you. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's bring the uh, smartest guy into the room, Archbishop Full Sheen ahead. I think he said he talks about joy. I remember as a young man falling in love with Jesus, a priest told me the word joy means initial Jesus, others, and yourself. Mm. Here's what Jesus, uh, here's what Fulton Sheen says. If joy be uncommon today, it is because there are timid souls who have not the courage to forget themselves and to make sacrifices for their neighbor. Well, if that's why we have so few uh, joyful people, uh, because it's all about the unholy trinity, me, myself, and I. And I think that Fulton Sheen's nailing it. Again, this was said 50, 60 years ago. But it still applies to us today. How do we get that joy? By falling in love with Jesus and following his example of service, especially uh, to our brothers and sisters and to our neighbors. Because let's say, uh, let's just be honest, if you can't serve your neighbor, you're not serving anyone. That's right. And I'll tell you how we can find joy. You're only going to find joy, and we'll be talking about it today in the the last segment. Mm -hmm. Once you understand and you embrace it and you accept it, Uh, as it says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, it says, For the sake of the joy that lay before him, Jesus endured the cross. Notice that. For the sake of the joy <laughs> mm-hmm. that lay before him, Jesus endured the cross. Amen. Where's our joy? Our joy is ultimately in Christ, and it's also going to be in the afterlife in heaven. We were meant to, to be you know, always 100% content and happy and joyful here in this lifetime. In fact, uh, it was St. Teresa of the Little Flower said, our Lord didn't intend for us to be totally happy in this life, but to be totally happy in the next. You got it. And St. Thomas More said, earth has no sorrow that heaven cannot heal. Whoa. Hey, when we come back, we're going to talk about some politicians yeah, they're scandalous in the sense of they're hypocrites. Oh, my goodness. You got a few of those out there? Yep. We're going to point it out. Stay with us, family. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. All right, Jess, we're back, man. This is unbelievable. Eight politicians who attacked school choice but went to private school themselves or sent their kids to private school. Let's talk about that. 
What's the biblical term? It's called uh, it's called duplicity. Duplicity. That's or in that's the New Testament term in English. We would say hypocrite. Yeah, that's true. Same thing. Same thing. Duplicity. These are du- so. There's eight politicians who attack school choice, but went to private school themselves or sent their kids there. So, as more and more elected leaders make school choice a priority for the families they represent. Prominent critics continue to insist that public schools should be the only option. Of course, they want all our kids to have a Marxist, liberal, woke education. And they also want every, they know that every kid that's in the school district, they're getting Money. tax dollars. Right. Heads in Ch- beds. Go ahead. Cha-chink, cha-chink. Yep. yep. Go ahead. But it turns out that many of these opponents of school choice sing a different tune when it comes to their own education. That's right. And that of their kids. So here are eight political figures who are hypocrites, who are duplicitous, who publicly attack school choice, but who have privately benefited from alternative school options. Here's the first one. <laughs> Pete. Pete Buttigieg, Buttigieg. I've heard Buttigieg. I've heard I'm Buttigieg. Not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not Buttigieg, Buttigieg. I've heard both. He's the U.S. Secretary of Transportation. He's yep. a Democrat. Mm-hmm. He's also a practicing homosexual. This is what he said. He said... I'm skeptical that we're going to gain a lot through expansion of charter schools when we still have such severely underfunded traditional public education. (laughs) So where did he go? Pete Buttigieg Buttigieg, went to St. Joseph High School in South Bend, Indiana. He went to a Catholic college prep school, which was then located right next to Notre Dame, St. Mary's College, and Holy Cross College and is surpri- and by the way, and is surprisingly uh, not a severely underfunded public school. Yeah. Here's uh, uh, this is this is a sad look at his track record. He's got a complete Catholic education. So you would think, man, this guy's going to be the next Fulton Sheen. This guy's going to be the next St. Thomas Aquinas. No, he's a practicing homosexual who's in a so-called same-sex relationship, and he works in one of the highest positions for the Biden administration. What a scandal. This is modernism 101 right there. Jesse, this is my point from yesterday. I said that about Biden and Pelosi. All these Catholics who went to Catholic colleges and Catholic schools fit the last 50 years, they never got the faith. It's pretty obvious. And see, this is the effect of poor catechesis. Let's get to the next guy. Vito O'Rourke, former U.S. O'Rourke, O'Rourke. O'Rourke. Yeah. What he said, school choice isn't really about choice. Oh, really? It's a ploy to funnel funds reserved for public education into private schools. So let's find out where he went. (laughs) Woodbury Forest School in rural Madison County, Virginia. Virginia. An elite riverfront all-boys boarding school on an estate which once belonged to President James Madison's brother, William. The school's headmaster lives in a residence designed by Thomas Jefferson himself. So you can see he went to a really, you know, down and trot school. Give me a break. But just again, these guys are hypocrites because they're they're really follow the money. That's what it really comes down to. They don't want parents to have a choice about where their tax dollars are going. And that's really sad. Yeah. And I'll tell you, he's a Texas congressman, a Democrat. Another and, Democrat. Oh, boy. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm and, and, I'll, and I'll tell you one of the things. I mean, you, you, you talk about uh, what, what he does is uh, 
he panders to the Hispanics out there. Look at how he, how he called himself. He called himself Beto O'Rourke. Yeah, He's not Hispanic. Beto's a Hispanic name. He does that to pander for the Hispanic vote. Hey, I'm Beto. I'm Beto. I'm your car. Beto comes from Alberto. That's he, he, he's so he tries to change his name. It's a politician. So he can pander yeah, for the Hispanics exactly. in Texas for the low hanging fruit and gain their vote. Sure. It's this sickens me. Now, now, Jesse, another Catholic, Gavin Newsom, our governor of California. This guy is. In my opinion, evil, what he's doing oh, in the state. Yes. But let's talk about him. Go ahead. Yeah, Gavin Newsom is definitely one of the most evil politicians so. in, in, in the U.S. right now. What he said, quote, vouchers and for-profit charter schools have no place in this state, close quote. What? Wow. But where did he go? He went to Notre Dame uh, de Victoris, a bilingual French and English Catholic elementary school in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. It's a historical place that dates, that, dates, that dates back to the time of the gold rush. Newsom also has sent all four of his children to private schools in Sacramento County. So an- another big hypocrite phony. in chief. Yep, big phony. Yeah. All right, J.B., is it Pritzker? Pritzker, Pritzker. Pritzker, governor of Illinois, another horrible one. <clears throat> what he said as governor, I will not support school vouchers and will work to do away with this program. Okay. So let's find out where he went to school. Milton Academy, an elite boarding school. Do you see something consistent with all these cases? I do. (laughs) Um, Academy of an elite boarding prep school in Milton, Massachusetts. It is highly selective, admitting, are you ready, less than one and six of its applicants. And its tuition clocks in at $6,000. No, $65,000 a year. That's more than most colleges. You know. Basically, and his children also attend elite private schools as well. You know what they're consistent about here? They're consistently being a hypocrite. Continue, Jess. <laughs> That's what they're Yes. Elizabeth Warren, U.S. Senator Democrat, what she said, quote, we should stop the diversion of public dollars from traditional public schools through vouchers or tuition tax credits, which are vouchers by another name, close quote. So where did her son go to school? Senator Warren's son, Alex, attended Kirby Hall School, an elite college prep school in Austin, Texas, and later transferred to Haverford School, another elite prep school, this time in an affluent Philadelphia suburb. So much for this mom, for so much for so much for his mom tweeting the hashtag um, public school proud hashtag public school proud. They're <laughs> yeah, phonies, right. Jesse. They're just phonies. All right. Who's next? And you know what's interesting about every one of these? All of them. Have the letter D after them as Unbelievable. Democrat. Isn't that interesting? Demon, uh, Democrat. There you go. Andy uh, Busher, governor of Kentucky, he said, I oppose school vouchers, whether they come through the front or back door. That's funny. It's time for a governor that supports and truly funds our private, our public schools. Excuse me. Probably. So let's find out where he sent his kids. He sent his kids to public schools? Let's see. Hmm. The governor said... <clears throat> who is up for re-election this year, sent both of his children to a private elementary school in Louisville, Kentucky. Interesting. His excuse for choosing a private school for his kids while opposing school choice for Kentuckians is that he and his wife fell in love with it. Mm. Oh, so nobody else can. I get it. Next. Nancy Pelosi, former Speaker of the House, Democrat, what she said. 
When House Republicans implemented Washington, D.C. school voucher program in 2011, she dismissed it as, quote, an ideological scheme to privatize public education in the District of Columbia, close quote. So, where did Nancy Pelosi go? She went to the Institute of Notre Dame, commonly nicknamed IND, or the Institute, a historic all-girls Catholic school in Baltimore that closed its doors in 2020 after being open for 173 years. Pelosi sent her son, Paul Jr., to Episcopal High School, an elite private boarding school in Virginia. Another hypocrite. And last but not least is who, but before, but Hang on a second. I got to make a comment here. And this is competition stimulates an industry. And what all of these above people have said is we don't want competition for our school systems. We want one size fits all. And that's where you get a less education. Because when you have to compete with another school system, then you have to work even harder. And I think all of these people are consistent in saying, no, 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 one size fits all. Yeah, the last one, and, and just one more quick note about Nancy Pelosi. As you know, when she was in college, she said the sisters there are the ones who convinced her that abortion is not a murder of an unborn baby. Wow. You see, Jesse, 50 years ago, they formed her. And again, it goes back to my— They malformed her. Malformed, and this is what's—this is the effect of— of a bad catechesis. Yesterday, Bishop Strickland made that very same point. You'll hear it next Tuesday, that we've got to get our people formed well because they're acting just like the world. All right, yeah, Joe Biden, President of the United States. What did he say? He says, when we divert public funds to private schools, we undermine the entire public education system. We've got to prioritize investing in our public schools so every kid in America gets a fair shot. That's why I oppose vouchers. Really, you oppose them, huh? Talk is cheap. The supply exceeds the demand. There's no demand for these people. Where he, where did he, so where did he send his kids? Hmm, where do you think? Called Arkmer Academy out in Delaware, a Catholic college preparatory school. Its main building, nicknamed the patio, was the country estate of early 20th century industrialist and Democratic Party activist, John J. Roswell. Both of Biden's sons also attend the same elite school. See what they're doing? All every one of these people, Jesse, they talk a story and they say, Oh yeah, we gotta do this, but they do just the opposite. Yeah, Terry. It's, it's, yeah. it's scandalous. If it weren't for double standards, Democrats would have no standards at all. Every one of them are hypocrites I agree. in this list. I agree. And it appears by this that what's good for the goose is not good for the gander. It, these politicians do not want us, the non-elites, to have what they had or what their kids had. You said it. And, say and it that's again, no Jesse. Surprise. Jesse, say it again. That's a These politicians, line. these elite politicians do not want non-elites, that's right. rank and file, hoi polloi people to have what they had and their children had. You called that's them out. That's no surprise. There's not... They're not saving our democracy, Terry. No. They're protecting their hypocrisy. Hypocrisy reigns in the Democrat Party. Surprise, surprise. And I just want to ask people to think about this. Every one of those people, not only for the school choice, but every single one of them are for killing future citizens in our school system. And for marrying men and marrying women and together. All of that. And they're all for those terrible things. So please, when you go to vote... Don't vote because, you know, Jesse, your mom and dad were d Democrat or whatever. Yeah, no, yeah. vote on the basis of the facts of morality and saying, 
it would be, and I'll just say it again, Jesse. Uh, I get they get emails all the time. Right now, to vote for the Democratic Party objectively, knowing what you know right now that we just discussed, would be a, a sin, a serious sin that would offend God because you're supporting men and women who are opposed to the moral laws of God. Simple as that, Jess. I'm done. Yeah, Terry, we, we all know that all these hypocrites, one of their major sources of funding for the DNC is from teachers' unions. That's right. You nailed it. <laughs> it is. And so using union dues of the teachers, and then they subvert this money for political purpose, and, and they fund one end of the political spectrum, the Democrats. Yep. Hey, I've, we... read, I, I've read that 95% of the teachers' union goes to Democrat causes, 5% goes to Republican. I didn't think it was that high for the Republican. <laughs> hey, radical inclusion requires radical love. Archbishop Aquila, great article. You've got to hear this, folks. Stay with us. Share it with your friends. We need support to proclaim Jesus and his church. Stay with us. Wow, Jesse, this article you picked, I read this last week from Catholic World Report, and I love it. The church needs the courage and love to be clear in inviting people to leave their sins. I told him to his face that I was uh, very thankful and proud of him. because I did, saw him Jesse, last week. good. Yeah, I saw, I, I spoke at the Legatus Conference. Mm -hmm. I sat with him for dinner, and he awesome. was right, he was five feet in front of the podium. <laughs> and so we've been... Uh, We've been emailing back and forth. That's he was right. very, very, very... Uh, I struck a pretty good friendship with him. Awesome. <clears throat> but Archbishop Samuel Aquila has had to uh, do what Akita Japan, the prophecy of, right. of Our Lady of Akita, bishops correcting bishops. Yep. This is what happened. This was Akita Japan yep. uh, being lived out in our lifetime. So Archbishop Samuel Aquila from Denver, Colorado, wrote a letter correcting his brother bishop, Cardinal Robert McElroy. He sure did. Because Cardinal McElroy has this vision of the church of, of, of because of the synod of synodality of radical inclusion, which means basically people in mortal sin, people, uh, two homosexuals holding the hands yeah, together, kitschy, kissing each other at mass, going, yeah. everybody goes to Holy Communion. Sure. No uh, you know, yeah, LGBT, trans, everybody yeah. come, mortal sin, not a problem. Right. That's what he holds to. Yep. And Bishop Aquila, Archbishop Aquila, corrected him. Here's what he says. The church needs courage and love to be clear in inviting people to leave their sin. Amen. Sounds like Mark 1.15. Yeah. What Jesus offers is better than what the world offers, the, what, the, what the world offers a person in sin. And his grace and power is sufficient to free anyone from the slavery to sin. I've written of my concerns in the past with the German synodal process, as well as concerns with other bishops and cardinals and their take on the process. They essentially ignore the often repeated words of Pope Francis that in the synodal process, there must be a deep listening to the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth and charity that keeps us firmly attached to Jesus Christ. Pope Francis has made it clear that the synod on synodality is not about changing long-standing church teaching and is not a democratic or parliamentary process. But you know what? Let me just jump in with the yes. bishop. That's exactly what it's turned into being. Yes. Continue, Jess. In a recent article, my brother Bishop Cardinal Robert McElroy laid out a vision of the church in the context of synodality 
calling for radical inclusion. What's that word, inclusion? Go ahead. Yeah. According to his eminence in San Diego, the church contains structures and cultures of exclusion. He then goes on to speak about the categories of people who are systematically excluded from the life of the church. He speaks about a need for radical inclusion that invites all the baptized to participate fully in the life of the church. Here it is. Regardless of his or her relationship with the church and Jesus Christ. That's an error. Because mortal sin breaks your relationship with God. You got it. And you need the sanctifying grace of God to once again be restored and receive Holy Communion. That's the gospel. That's the full gospel right there, Jess. There's much that could be addressed, but I would like to focus on putting Jesus Christ first and the joy that flows from adhering to the gospel. Staying attached to Jesus Christ, the vine, is essential. For the Lord tells us, apart from me, you can do nothing, John 15, 5. Mm. Similarly, the letter to the Hebrews reminds us, quote, Let us rid ourselves of every burden and sin that clings to us, and persevere in running the race that lies before us while keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the leader and perfecter of faith. For the sake of the joy that lay before him, Jesus endured the cross. Amen. What was the joy before him? Resurrection and, ent- and, and entrance back into heaven uh, in, in, in communion back with the Father and the Holy Spirit. That was the joy. Now, Jesse, let's talk about the error of Cardinal Go ahead. Okay. He reflects, um, paints the church as an institution that harms due to its incapacity to welcome everyone into full participation in the life of the church. According to his eminence, the church categorically discriminates, but did not Jesus Christ himself put demands on his disciples, which distinguished them from those who did not respond to a radical and costly call of the gospel. Of course, he, he see, the, the archbishop is pointing out the error of the cardinal in a nice way. Indeed, in the encounter with the rich young man, Mark 10, 17 to 22, Jesus demands radical discipleship from the young man, and he lets him refuse and walk away. You get that, cardinal? I'm sorry, that, that's the gospel. Furthermore, Jesus lays out the cost of discipleship as denying oneself and even the family for the sake of the gospel. And just as he was not received by everyone, he reminded his disciples as he sent them out, if people did not receive the message of the gospel to simply shake the dust from your feet, not washing, wishing them ill, but turning them over to the Lord. In other words, if they don't accept the gospel, you have to move on, okay? <laughs> and you see, what, what the cardinal is saying is, no, no, no. Just because they don't accept the gospel, that, that's not important. What's important is that they are being alienated for certain reasons, and we want to welcome everyone. But that's not the gospel. Just continue with the, This is a great article. Finally, many disciples left Jesus because of his teaching on the, on the bread of life, John 6, 6, 6. And he goes even so far as to ask the apostles if they want to leave in John 6, 67. Jesus never waters down his teaching. Nope. Nor, do, nor, his, nor does he appeal to conscience. He gives testimony to the truth. Well said. John eighteen thirty seven. The call Jesus gives is radical and it goes out to everyone, but it is not received by everyone because of the cost of discipleship. And uh, talk about the cost of discipleship. That's the name of a book from a Protestant author, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a Lutheran pastor. Oh, it's a great book. Yeah, he died in uh, April 9th, 1945 in the Nazi concentration right. camp at Flossenburg, they hang him, they hung him on false charges. He was an innocent man. 
they hung him with piano wire. And, just, and he, said right, he said right before his execution, oh Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Bonhoeffer, he said this, quote, yeah. Silence in the face of evil is evil itself. Wow. God will not silence in the face of evil is evil itself. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. May uh, God have mercy on Dietrich Bonhoeffer's soul. Amen. He's Jesse, Luke, this next paragraph is so beautiful. It says the presentation. You know, my voice is still not. You keep reading. I'm trying to even breathe. The presentation given by some bishops and cardinals sadly fails to preach the radicality of the gospel and, and obscures the, tr- the true eternal love of the Father for the sinner. Mm-hmm. Faith in Jesus Christ means a conversion of life. Amen. That leads to inner peace and everlasting joy. A joy and peace no one can take away from the disciple. That's right. We must ponder in our hearts that the real reason for our empty pews is that we have not stayed attached to the vine. Well said. Our dropping attendance, talking about Sunday Mass, That's may right. be a fulfillment of the promise of Jesus that if we do not stay attached to him, we will wither. John chapter 15, verses 1 to 6. Those Christian communities who have tried inclusion to the exclusion of sin only divide more and their pews are still empty. If I can jump in and say that he's got a world, a, a biblical worldview of the gospel and salvation. And the cardinal who's opposing that has a worldly view that says it, you know, truth means nothing. Yes. It's just come on, welcome everyone. And you see, we don't want to, we don't buy a worldly view. I, that's nope. why I asked the cardinal and anybody else who's coming with this, say, please give us the gospel. Give us the gospel teaching, the full gospel. Don't compromise. And this is what the cardinal did. All right, I just, <clears throat> you keep going, Jesse. I can't even. I must admit that if any, if I, ha- if I thought, the way some of my, my brothers think, he's yeah. talking about brother bishops. Yeah. I would have left the church long ago and joined yeah. another Christian community. Of course. As a college student, I strayed away from the church. The Catholic faith did not draw me as my experience was that of confessors yelling at me or trying to talk me out of my sins. Wow. The truth. So he, he ran across. Oh, I remember his story. It's powerful. Yeah. The truths of the faith, even the difficult ones, were not presented with with charity. Yeah, so he went through it like you know most yeah, people. Yeah, he dealt with modernism. Balloons, balloons, banners, yeah, and bar- it butterflies. It doesn't produce converts. Keep no, going. he says it was only when I read the read the book in the late 1960s by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. <laughs> there you go. When you titled about- "The Cost of Discipleship." that I started my journey back to Christ and eventually the Catholic Church. Awesome. I began to understand what the Eucharist is and what I had left behind. I wanted the true body and blood of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist and his mercy and forgiveness in confession. And that brought me back to, to the living out of my faith. It was a call to leave the values of the world behind and to have my heart and mind formed by Jesus, Romans 12, 2. Bonhoeffer's distinction between cheap grace and costly grace is timely for us today. Thankfully, the church I know does radically include the call to every human being in all cultures, every walk of life, every person in every condition and situation is invited into the loving embrace of Jesus and the Father and Holy Mother Church. Our faith community invites all, no matter what label they've chosen, into our community of faith. And here's the real big part. But the church doesn't stop there. And that's what the problem is. She invites because she loves and to love is to will the good of the other. That's St. Thomas Aquinas. Yes. Only God's love can move us from all the confusing identities of the world and see that we are not the one who decides our identity. Well said. Rather, the gospel shows that through the Father's loving plan, 
Each of us can become a beloved daughter or son of the Father with our identity firmly rooted in who? Jesus Christ. Jess, I want to take a few more minutes on the other side of this break to finish this sure, up. Sure, absolutely. so good. Now, through conversion, they're not talking about conversion, these modernist bishops. They're not. But yeah. this bishop is. Through conversion, a disciple discovers that he or she is not God. <laughs> really? Well said, Bishop. God alone determines what is good and evil. And like Christ, the disciples seek only the will of the Father. Wow. Well said. Continue, the church, yes. the church recognizes that, that someone who lives in a particular way, whether, it's, whether it be being willing violation of natural law yep. or some other moral category, is not in communion with the church. That's it. Yeah, let me jump down to the next paragraph. Sure. One of the privileges I've experienced from the very beginning of my priesthood is the invitation to accompany men and women and children through the pangs of conversion to the wonderful life of grace that is fed by the Eucharist. Amen. Yes, the Eucharist is not for the perfect, but it is for those who are in communion. And it is not just spiritual food for all of us who have the need for regular confession, but it is also a sign of unity that belongs to those who are in a state of grace. Yes, yeah, before but, we, we want to continue just a little bit more, a couple more paragraphs. It's such a good article. Yeah. And again, Bishop Aquila is calling out his brother bishops all the way up to the top to say, yeah. let's have this world biblical view about conversion, about the full gospel of Christ. Stay with us, family. This is good stuff. It's all about falling in love with Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. We'll be right back after a quick break. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. We're talking about a letter written from Archbishop Samuel Aquila to his brother Bishop Cardinal McElroy from San Diego, basically offering correction yep. to this whole notion that all are welcome to Holy Communion, to the altar rail. Archbishop Aquila says, The, the call of Christ to the women caught in adultery in John eight eleven is the same call Jesus makes to each of us. We're not included in his company, but we are, but we are called to turn from sin. We are also called to turn from sin. Inclusiveness does not and cannot mean that we remain in our sins. Well said. This is because Jesus wants us to be, wants us to be happy. And the word happy also means blessed. It's the Greek word makarios. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> it says, uh, let me take the next. Yes, we are to invite and include, but not at the expense of leaving others and ourselves mired in sin yep. that separates us from God. The laws of God are laws of a loving father so his children may live in his joy. The church needs the courage and love to be clear in inviting people to leave their sin. Well said. It's the gospel. <laughs> yes, he, he's just given us the full gospel that we haven't been getting from major prelates in the church. That He's correcting them. Thank you. <laughs> what Jesus offers is better than what the world offers the person in sin. You think? And his grace and power is sufficient to free anyone from the slavery, from the slavery to sin. Yep. Finally, his eminence, he's talking about Cardinal McElroy. Yep makes the frequent claim that our conscience is our ultimate guide. In a certain sense, this is true if, as the Catechism teaches very clearly, we first have a well-formed... That's the key. <laughs> conscience is an act of the intellect in judging the morality of past, present, or future actions. The appeal to conscience is not a get-out-of-jail card. Yeah, I love that. And it is very dangerous to imply as much... Rather, 
It is a judgment measured by reality. I'm going to say that. Say it again, man. That's Conscience is a judgment measured by reality. Exactly. Our ultimate, our ultimate guide is not conscience. Our it's ultimate truth. guide is truth. And his name is Jesus Christ. That's right. John 14, 6. Yeah. yeah. Terry, go ahead, Terry. No, no. I got, I, I, I'm still having problems with my breathing right now. Okay. Last, <laughs> while Cardinal McElroy and I have uh, different visions of the state of the church, no doubt we both desire happiness for all. Uh, his article is a reminder to me that the church must do more to preach Jesus Christ and the joy of the gospel, the joy that awaits us after we turn from sin and conform our hearts and minds to Christ. It is a joy under the weight of the cross, no doubt, but it is a joy the world cannot give. It comes from knowing we have become beloved daughters and sons of the Father and that we are made in the image and likeness of the, of the God who is love. Wow, what a, what a great article, Jesse. What a great bishop. Yeah, and, and Catholic World Report published it. Bishop, I want to thank him because Bishop Aquila really nailed it. And I want to encourage all the priests who are listening to use part of this, if not all, for a homily on a Sunday liturgy because this yeah. really clarifies what the church teaches on what I call the full gospel of Christ. Hey, Jess, uh, you've got a story about Our Lady of Lords. You've got a good priest. Now, if we can move on to that, uh, where he had a miracle take place because he had brain cancer. And he, we've had him on our show before. So uh, if we're good, because we got a few minutes here, let's play the two-and-a-half-minute clip yep. if we can. Mr. Engineer, play that clip. Yeah, you're going to be listening to the Father John Hollowell. That's right. He's... He's, okay, he's he, going to get it up in a minute. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a great, very traditional Catholic priest. Yeah. Loading it up right now. Yeah, so let, let me just mention that what you're going to hear him talk about, yeah. about a year, over a year ago, he announced on YouTube That's right. that he had a brain tumor. Mm -hmm. And he, he's a young priest, and he says, he, he wasn't complaining, he was just saying, this is what God has given me, he's That's allowed right. to happen, I'm going to offer up my sufferings of, of this brain wow, tumor yeah. for all the clergy, sexual abuse. The, the sexual abuse in the clergy. Yes. And so he, he says, I have no problem doing that if this is what God has called me to do. However, a few weeks ago, okay, he went to Lourdes and here's what happened. Our Lady of Lourdes, here's what happened. Let's play it. I just wanted to make a video really quickly to let everybody know that I actually was healed from my brain tumor in Lourdes. And uh, just a brief story about, um, I found out that I had a brain tumor up at the Mayo Clinic on uh, February 11th, the Feast of Our Lady of Lords. And then that night, I actually got to have Mass uh, in the chapel of Our Lady of Lords. So uh, just a, a background story on the Mayo Clinic. It started with some Franciscan sisters and the abbess at the time had this vision of a hospital and Jesus told her to go into town and find Dr. Mayo. And so she did, and th that's how the Mayo Clinic started. And it was actually, um, the nuns were the early nurses of the hospital. And so the Mayo Clinic is actually connected uh, and is the, in the same building as the chapel of Our Lady of Lords. Um, and, and so I got to have, I found out that I had a tumor on the feast day of Our Lady of Lords, February 11th. And got to have mass that night uh, at the Mayo Clinic or the Sisters Chapel, uh, which is Our Lady of Lords as well. And so um, I had had a, a pretty negative um, uh, MRI about two and a half months before I left for Lords. Uh, the MRI showed that it was starting to grow back and, and 
In fact, I all, the, the MRI that I had also had found a, a tumor on my pituitary gland mm. as well. And, and so I just, I, I was okay if I died, um, you know, just to all, I was willing to make the, the sacrifice, um, and for victims of, of Catholic clergy abuse. Wow. Um, but I thought, well, you know, if I go to Lourdes and I'm healed there, then that might, you know, have an impact on some of my fallen away family and friends, uh, from the Catholic church. And so I went there and, uh, I was healed and, um, and, and yeah, so it just thanks be to God. And, um, yeah, I'm just very excited. Or, I mean, I'm, I'm, I was happy either way. Um, but again, I, I went to Lourdes and was healed. And so just wanted to send this update out. I, I'm off social media now, but I still have a YouTube account. And so, uh, anyway, thank you for all of the prayers and, and, and know my prayers for all of you. God bless. Wow. God's will be done. You see, Jesse, he gave his life to Christ and he's like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to make use of all my suffering for the salvation of souls. This guy gets it, Jess. Yeah. Father John Hollowell is a priest from Indianapolis. He's yep. a, he's a young priest, pretty young. Yep. Um, and, and, uh, he's, he's Orthodox. Yes, he is. He, yeah. He's spot, the rock. Yeah. And w once again, he, he consented to just offer his sufferings for clergy sexual abuse. But he goes, okay, well, I'll go to our Lord. Some, some parishioners are paying for me to go. I'll go over there. But he already had, he, he was already resigned that he was going to die. You could hear him on YouTube. He was saying, I'm good with it. You know, uh, I'm going to just suffer and try to offer as much as I can until the Lord takes me. But God had other plans. And now this is once again, proof positive yep. of of, of, of the miracles that continue to occur in the Catholic Church. That's right. the, you know, I, I'm telling you, Terry, you can, when you watch the TBN channel, oh, yeah. it's been documented. It's, most of this stuff is completely fake. Yep. There's books written about this that they pay pers Okay, you go up there, we're going to pay you, you know, this X amount of money. Go up there and say, Benny Hinn healed you. Terry, the, 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 uh, the healings at Lourdes are medically documented. Oh. They go through scrutiny. I know. I've been there many six times now. I've been there. And, and, and so the Catholic Church continues to miracles continue to happen in the Catholic Church. Why? Because it's the one true church of Jesus Christ. Yep. And this is, and Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. And Jesus Christ at Lourdes is using his mother in a very powerful way yep. to bring healing and deliverance to people. And uh, again, Lourdes remains uh, one of those spots on planet Earth, it's were were it defy what happens there. The healings that happens there defies science, defies medicine, and defies natural explanation. Absolutely. And if anybody hasn't seen the movie, just go to YouTube. It's on YouTube about Our Lady of Lourdes and Saint Bernadette. I actually Jesse saw Bernadette's incorrupt body in the there many times, and she looks like she's sleeping. I mean, what a beautiful little saint. But the bottom line is Archbishop Fulton Sheen went there, I think, 36 times in his lifetime. Wow. That was his favorite Marian shrine, uh, and I think that there was a good reason for that. And again, the miracles that take place, oh my gosh, they go through scrutiny that you wouldn't believe. And they also have even non-believing doctors look at the facts so that they're not persuaded by their faith. It's a very objective process. And again, I thank Father for coming out and speaking on this because it should build all of our faith up in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you what Father John Hallowell, 
he stands as a testimony, Terry. He not only teaches us how we should live yeah. as disciples of Christ, but he also showed us in this last year how we should embrace death, how we oh, should yeah. die. Big time. And, and, and people like him, Terry, these are, these are modern witnesses, uh, just like the lives of the saints that we benefit from, like you know, our, 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 the, the, the little flower and many others. We discover one of the things in all these saints, even Our Lady, Our Lady of Sorrows and Father Hollowell. You know what we discover? Every one of them suffered a lot. And when we read about the saints, we see that they share in their sufferings with Christ. Yep. But in sharing in, in the sufferings of Christ, they're doing so much good, so much countless good that we'll know, we're only going to know the amount of good they did in the next life. Well said. And Jesse, I know you say this prayer, and I do too. Jesus, Mary, and St. Joseph, I give you my heart and my soul. Jesus, Mary, and St. Joseph, assist me in my last agony. Because let's face it, Jess, nobody gets out alive. We're all going to face death. And here's the message, getting back to Archbishop Aquila, who told us that life is short, eternity is forever, that we have a gospel to live out. And that full gospel means we have to repent because it's a false gospel that says everybody goes to heaven. And to be quite frank, we have people in the church who are saying it doesn't matter how you live your life. What matters is that you come. And that's just not true. And so I appreciate the archbishop being so clear about the full gospel of Jesus Christ and that we must repent and believe in the gospel. Yeah, suffering can be a blessing in disguise if we're willing to accept it and unite it to the cross of Christ. Amen. And also suffering can be one of life's best teachers because every difficult situation invites us uh, to offer our suffering along with Christ crucified. And so, and really life on planet Earth, Terry, it is a school of suffering. Absolutely. It's what you do with it that's going to count at the it. end. You need it. As Bishop Sheen says, pain is God's megaphone. <laughs> it gets our attention. And let's be honest, it can convert souls because, as Our Lady said at Fatima, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Jess, what state should we be living in, Brother Jess? Live in a state of sanctifying grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. Be holy or die trying. America, wake up. Don't hit the snooze button. Global warming alert. Jesus Christ is coming back. Are you ready? Make sure that before you die, you leave it all out on the field for Jesus. And again, as Jesse said at the beginning of the show, what's our mission? To introduce people to the person of Jesus Christ to get to heaven. What else is there, Jess? Nothing. Uh, you got it. All right, folks. Thanks again for supporting us. Hey, we've got the men's conference up on our website. The 17th of June, Jesse Romero and his brother Johnny will be there. We're almost sold out on our on our spiritual warfare conference. There's still time to get that. Go to bmpr.org. May God richly bless you. Amen.